It felt good to be around people, to feel normal, to hug people, to be around friends. I just needed that experience and it rejuvenated my why because I can't wait to raise. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 29. Today's episode is called, What is Your Reason Why? I'm going to talk about it in terms of endurance sport, particularly triathlons, but this question can be correlated to anything in life. What are your reasons why? Determining your why gives you purpose, motivation, determination, discipline, and consistently reminds you of your direction. The key to developing a why is the best way to ensure you are making progress toward your goal and avoiding setbacks toward those goals. So what is my why in relation to endurance sports? I started my journey with endurance sport after my mother passed away with breast cancer. I've talked about it on a previous episode. I started running in 2010. Did my first marathon in 2011. I started my um, journey in endurance sport in 2017. Endurance sports, particularly multi sports. I started first doing duathlons while I was learning how to swim. And then I did my first triathlon in 2018, thanks to my godson, Cameron Humphreys, who texted me about a triathlon that was coming up. This, again, was talked about in a previous episode. My why initially was I couldn't lie to him because I told my godson, Cameron, that I would do a triathlon the year after he texted me about a race that was in Jackson, Mississippi. I live in Chicago and he wanted me to come home that weekend. I couldn't swim at the time, so I bought a road bike and learned to swim. So I couldn't lie to him. And that was my primary goal for starting my journey. But I learned to love it. I learned to love the challenge. It's funny, although there's fear involved, particularly with swimming. And with longer distance race, there's that extra pressure of the time cutoffs. While it makes me nervous and anxious, it's something that adds the little adrenaline rush. I've come to find out I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. So endurance sport speeds that love of the adrenaline. So my why again was I couldn't let him down, but I learned to love it and I learned to love the feeling. I learned to love the fact that it was a little scary and a little risky, but I love the finish, the feeling, particularly during a race when I got out of the water because I could cycle and I learned to love cycling. Although I've been running for 
10 years, marathons particularly, 10 years. I've been cycling since 17, seriously, and it's become my favorite of three just because I get more, I get more out of what I put in, meaning if I spend a lot of time on my bike, I can see progress quicker than running or swimming. And I love the camaraderie among cyclists. So it's become one of my favorite of three sports. I came up with the topic, what are your reasons why, prior to attending Tulsa Ironman last weekend. I initially was supposed to race Tulsa Ironman. I got talked into it by my friend Annette. And there were going to be initially about 20 African-American people joined the race. So I didn't want to miss out. FOMO, fear of missing out. So I signed up. I was a little apprehensive because I've only done one full distance Ironman and this one was canceled. So I wanted to at least do one more to get the full experience. So Tulsa was initially supposed to be in May of 2020. So I signed up. All of my other friends had done previous races, multiple races. So they were kind of old pros. So I was nervous about the whole doing two because I was supposed to do Tulsa in May and Barcelona in 2020. My group in Chicago usually picks an Ironman race that most of the team will participate in. And for 2020, it was Barcelona. So I, again, form my fear of missing out. So I signed up for both, a feat in itself. So prior to COVID, I had this episode following a ski trip in December where I was short of breath and really fatigued. So I had just come back from Jackson Hole and being on a plane, even though it wasn't a particularly long flight, I was concerned that I might have a pulmonary embolus that's going to cause shortness of breath. So I went to urgent care and they ran some tests and they ended up sending me to the emergency room after a battery of tests. Um, I didn't have a pulmonary embolus or a clot in my lung, but they wanted me to see uh, my physician for further workup. So as part of the workup, I had to wear a monitor every time. I got these heart palpitations. And every time I had an episode, I had to um, notate it. And I saw the cardiologist. I had to get an echo. And after all of the workup, my cardiologist said I had a heart consistent with an endurance athlete. He thinks that my symptoms were attributed to stress and overtraining and told me not to participate and Tulsa Ironman in 2020 because he knew I would try to play catch up because I hadn't been working out because I was afraid that I might have a heart condition. You hear athletes dropping dead at the finish line. And I wanted to make sure that I did not have any problems with my heart because while I love endurance sport, I don't want to drop dead trying to run a race. So my symptoms went away actually after the doctor said I was fine. Then COVID happened. I unfortunately contracted COVID in March and then the pandemic started. And of course, all races were canceled. So I deferred all my races to 2021. And the plan was to do Tulsa in 2021. But in March of 2020, I was racing skiing. My last run, I gave it 110% and I lost balance and I fell. 
and I hurt my knee. At the time, it wasn't that significant. I finished skiing the rest of the day. That was one of the last few days of the ski trip. I came home. It was bothering me a little bit. I had some treatment. It got better. Then I started running, trying to pick up distance and pick up speed, and it came back. And I got some more treatment, and it came back. More treatment came back. It was similar. It felt similar to an incident I had skiing in 2016 or 17 where I had a cartilage injury and it got better. It totally resolved with conservative treatment. Since I still was having symptoms and couldn't really run, I had an MRI and after seeing the MRI results, I realized why I wasn't getting better. I sustained an ACL tear, a partial tear, a meniscus tear, as well as a cartilage injury. So I saw my old partner, I had surgery. He didn't have to totally reconstruct my anterior cruciate ligament, but he did have to secure it to the bone with what's called an anchor. Um, And then he um, took out the meniscus that was torn by partial meniscectomy. And my cartilage wasn't that significant. He kind of just shaved it to a smooth surface. So... My rehab was lower than traditional because I had surgery before my other knee for meniscus tear. Um, it's not the traditional nine months, but it was slower because he had to protect it while the anchor was healing. So I had to be on crutches for about four weeks. So January would have been the time that I needed to start training for Tulsa. And because of my surgery, I was rehabbing. So Tulsa 2021 was not a possibility. But due to all my friends and the significant number of African-Americans that were racing, and also it's the 100-year anniversary of the race riots that took place in Tulsa, I wanted to go. So I decided to go. I figured it would be great to cheer on my friends. It would be great to be amongst other triathletes because last year with COVID and me not being able to work out like I want. COVID, I was out for three weeks and I had another um, cycling injury, a saddle sore gone wrong, which I will talk about in another episode. Then I um, had surgery. So it's like really wasn't consistently training and triathlons, multi-sports has come a significant part of my life. And that with social isolation, because I'm single and I live by myself, I even have family in Chicago. And actually today I saw my aunt, which will turn 90 next week for the first time in over a year. And because COVID and my uncle, actually, her brother passed away with COVID. So we were careful and following all precautions because that was a significant loss for our family. So. I felt that going to Tulsa would be good for my spirit, would be good to be amongst other triathletes, be good to be amongst racing, because that was the first four-distance Ironman in 2021. So one of my friends, who was also racing, Alex, was driving from Grand Rapids. So I rode with him. So it was about a 10-hour drive. And it was great because we talked about everything under the sun. It was just so nice to be able to talk to people. Interact with people. Got to Tulsa on Thursday evening. Excuse me, got to Tulsa on Wednesday evening. Thursday, I volunteered. I was part of the secondary screen. All the athletes had to fill out a COVID screen form. 
And if they answered yes to any of the questions, they came to see me. I had one person on my shift, his wife contracted COVID and had a positive test like Tuesday before the race, but they suspected she had it and was socially distanced or about 10 days prior to the race and he bought a negative COVID test. So actually the process was to call the nurse that's over the volunteers and then there's a physician that was over the uh, medical team. He uh, reviewed information and the person was allowed to race. So that was my job for Thursday. Thursday, some of the other athletes came into town. On Friday, they had to do the gear check. And we did a tour of Greenwood, which is the location where Black Wall Street, where the race white riots um, took place 100 years ago. And actually, the site, Ironman Village, was a part of the site of the uh, massacre. It is now a college. Season two, I will start a new series called Ask the Doc. If you have questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or musculoskeletal health, please send me a voicemail. Go to my website at www.weouilove.com. Click on the tab Voicemail. Leave your voicemail and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the episode. Um, we took a tour of Greenwood, which was a very prominent area for African-Americans. At the time, they had businesses. They were very uh, prosperous before the massacre, where basically the city was burning and over 300 people were killed. So when Friday following the tour, we had a um, group Black Triathlon Association meet and greet. It was nice to meet other triathletes from all over the country. I have a friend who's one of my ski friends, although he actually boards who lives in Tulsa. So I got to see him and he actually recommended the restaurant, which we had 25 people. It was so nice just to be amongst other people fellowshipping people with common goals and the fact it was significant in the fact that a hundred years ago people were murdered because of the color of their skin and just think about running through that area where we were murdered during the race in Tulsa made it extra significant even though I wasn't even racing the fact that Jim Crow and, and slavery and the fact that people were and still are discriminated by the color of their skin the fact that although we make a small percentage of uh, triathletes, 0.5%, the fact that we have the right, we can participate in triathlons, which are physically and mentally grueling, but the fact that we can, and the fact that 100 years later, that we as a people prevailed despite all these obstacles that were thrown away, made it more significant the whole weekend. So Saturday, Although this is not a race report, I just want to um, go into some of the details of the race. I won't give you as much detail as if I actually race, but as a spectator who may want to do the race, I um, went into great detail to learn the bike course, the run course. I actually visited the um, 
swim site. Spectators weren't allowed to um, go on the, the swim site because they shut down the highway. So they shuttle athletes from the, the school to swim start. But I wanted to see the area. And the swim start was actually 1.1 miles away from Transition 1. So I wanted to see that whole area. So Saturday, I rode the bike course in my car. And I also wanted to, to uh, scout places where I could see people on the bike because I came all the way to Tulsa to see my friends race and I just did not want to see them on the run course. So I wanted to see a bike and I wanted to see the swim. So I was a volunteer, so I had access. I could have maybe gone to the swim start, but I would have been stuck because they had the roads closed down. So I figured it would be better to catch people at the start of the race. So I rode the 112 mile course and took notes places glass stations off highways where the roads might not be closed and where we could possibly get lunch while we're waiting on people because Ironman has a tracker system. So I was tracking about 13 people and then I met a few people over the weekend that I tracked as well, one pro. And I tracked the pro mainly to get an estimate because the race started at 6.30 and I figured with the pros it would be an hour for their swim and then I can calculate the hour for the swim is the point where we were to, to kind of tell when my friends would be coming by. The map is not precise as far as tracking because they basically, um, all the athletes have like a, a time tracker and their um, their marks or, or bands on the road after you pass by them and they'll pick up um, where the athlete is. So it's not precise, it's the estimate. And the Estimate was a little ahead on some people and it was behind on other people. So you had to play a little trial and error. And I had my friend Annette's daughter with me and she was very helpful in uh, spotting people because I was trying to spot people, cheer for them, take videos, post on Instagram and post on Facebook just so people will know because it's always nice even though you have a tracker at home to actually to see what's going on there if you're not on the ground, particularly if you have friends and family there um, that you may be rooting for. So I thought it was important. And I just wanted to document everything that I saw. So during the my little ride route, I realized the roads were really bad. A couple of my friends had traveled to Tulsa to ride the bike course. And if I would have raced, I would have done the same thing. It helps with my nerves. Although race day is different, I always like to get firsthand experience. So the roads were really bad. Potholes everywhere. And some roads, half the roads filled with potholes. And a lot of the roads were narrow. So just imagine several bikes, potholes. People try to avoid potholes. And there were puddles because it was raining. It rained most of the um, morning of the race. So rain, mud, potholes bikes, people losing their water bottles when they hit them bumps, trying to bypass. So it, it just sounds disastrous. And there were a lot of crashes I saw to myself at an intersection. So if you don't really have great bike skills and the course was technically challenges from the hills and it had a lot of turns, it makes up for a more challenging race. And usually I like hilly courses, rolling hills, because I love the descent. So you have to climb in order to go down. And I like to ride as a sense to get up like 35 miles per hour. You can't do that on a technical course where there's a lot of turns, particularly with rain 
and potholes because you don't and, and gravel too. You don't know if you're going to hit something. So some of my friends who love descents as much as me were riding the brakes on those descents on the um, the bike course. So we started the bike course around mile five, and then we went to what I thought was mile 60, but it wound up being like mile 80. So we had some time. We had some lunch um, at this restaurant that was not too far from mile 80. It was walking distance. And that's where I saw two crashes. One cyclist actually was hit by one of the motorcycles that had a photographer. And uh, another cyclist was attempting to make a wrong turn, tried to turn around, and he ended up falling. So. We had a lot of time to wait. So we ate lunch, actually took a nap. And we were able to spot most people around my age. We saw some of the pros and it was toward the end. So they were trying to basically, they were really racing. They were riding fast. They were trying to get their place before the end. So it was interesting to see them actually race. Because they were at the start of the race, they were kind of not cruising, but going at a reasonable pace. But toward the end around my age, they were, they were, they were racing. It was fun to see. So after we saw most people around Mount 80, couldn't see everybody, but everybody had different paces and we had to drive back to the city. And I wanted uh, my friend's daughter to see her mom come in. So we made it back into the finish line and we saw people come in and saw a few people actually transition from the bike to the run. And then we um, went to the run course. The run course, actually the run course, I think is the best part of the race. Um, it's pretty flat. It's in a, a trail. There is a hill to get to the actual trail, but it's in two loop course. And you got to see a lot of people and a lot of the um, the racers actually saw each other. So because it's a two loop course, you might see people. So it's, it just gives you a encouragement, particularly on the run, because I love running, but running after swimming 2.4 miles, biking 112, it's a little taxing on your legs. So a lot of people during the race had some GI issues. Actually, one of um, my friends actually had a minor crash. She was okay and was able to finish the race, but she did fall. Another one of our friends, because the roads are so bumpy, so it's basically like you're riding your bike on. If, if you ever ride on the highway and they have a little bump, like the whole 112-mile bump, 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 bump. So he was having some back pain. So... um I got to see a lot of the athletes, um, and then we decided to go to the finish line to see people come in, and I wanted to see everybody come in from the, the last person, because I know if I was racing, I'm on I'm a back of the packer kind of person, so I would want to see a friendly face at the end and cheer me on. There, wasn't, there weren't that many spectators, because initially, the race wasn't supposed to have spectators, so, and they were really strict about who was at the finish line, the only reason that I was there it's because I had my volunteer T-shirt on and because there was a crowd around me initially and they made them leave. So I got to see friends coming in to the finish line and Mike Riley say, you are an Iron Man. So it was a great experience and it helped me remember my reason why. Being at the race, there's this feeling of, of racing. It's like, Iron Man's a little slow and anything is possible, but you feel like if you can make it through a day, again, an Iron Man full distance race is 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, and 26.2 mile run. 
And the time cutoff for Tulsa is 17. Most races have a 17 cutoff in the United States. So doing all that within a time constraint of 17 hours is taxing on your mind and your body. So just being around that energy fed me. It felt it felt my spirit. And also felt it felt good to be around people, to feel normal, to hug people, to be around friends. Um, and it was good to see one of my friends who I hadn't seen in about two years. So it was just I just I just needed that experience and it rejuvenated my why because I can't wait to race again. My rehab is pretty much done. My knee is maybe 99% better. I'm having some other issues just to get back into running. I have some weird feet discomfort and calf discomfort. And a couple of weeks ago, I read or 50 miles on my trial bike, which I hadn't ridden in since August, actually, because I have a trainer at home that I train with in the winter, and it's my road bike. So I really don't get in the aero position. When I say the aero position, if you see people um, biking and they're like bent down on their elbows. So I was sore in my back and my, I have a partial thickness rotator cuff tear on the, on the right I've had for a while, since about 2017. But it bothers me from time to time, but nothing major. But being in aero bothered it. And when I was to swim the following day, my shoulder started bothering me. So I kind of took a week off from swimming, did some rehab on it, and it was better. So I just started back swimming consistently, although I'm still slow. But on Saturday, the past Saturday, I rode 64 miles and my shoulders bother me still. So I don't know how this week is going to go. So I'm going to have to finagle with that. I always tell my friends that it takes a team approach to do endurance sport because there's so many factors involved because I live with my shoulder. My plan is to rehab it. I've been on the foam roller and I have this ball I have for my feet. I've been rolling it out and I've been putting what's called Voltarium, which is a topical NSAID. And when the NSAID is a non-steroid anti-inflammatory drug like Motrin or ibuprofen, but it's, it's topical, it's a cream. And biofreeze. Uh, I'm also been using band exercises. So I may get another round of PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma which has growth factors to help to see if that helps my shoulder. Uh, another option would be to uh, go to my bike fitter and see if there's any type of adjustment that can be done that would not cause my shoulder to bother me because I noticed it. Like the last 10 or so miles, I can feel it and I tried to like reposition myself and kind of just shake my arm out to see if it helped, but it still hurt following um, the ride. Or maybe I need to ride more on my um, tri bike during the week because I usually ride the trainer or when I ride outside with Major Taylor, I use my road bike because the tri bike is really not safe to ride um, in my pace line when you're right behind someone because the brakes are not, when you're in arrow, you basically don't have access to your brakes. So when you stop, you have to kind of sit up. So it's not safe when you're riding really close to other people. And a triathlon, we're not allowed to draft. So it's like you're, you're spaced away from people. So it's safer. So Tulsa rejuvenated my why. And I want to thank everyone who was there, who fed my spirit, every person. People were thanking me for capturing the moments 
um, and for planning our meet and greet. But doing all the planning and just being there fed my spirit and made me think about my why, why I do this, why I love endurance sports and why it has given so much to me. And it's interesting. I started running after my mother passed away to help me lose weight. And endurance sport, running, triathlons, even skiing, while it's not a true endurance sport, has fed my spirit in so many ways, not just my body. It just feeds my spirit, the camaraderie, um, the goal setting, the achieving, the, the confidence that is given me. I remember my first race when I was hurting so bad and didn't want to finish. And I thought, if I can do this, I can do anything. So it carries over into other areas of my life and the people, just the people, the stories you hear about. There's this one woman who was um, on the news. She was a nurse. So she was talking about COVID and she finished the race at 4 a.m. She didn't give up despite not meeting the cutoffs. And kudos to her, although she's not an official finisher. I mean, that takes grit. It takes courage. And there's another story about this volunteer who her husband was the captain about when the Tulsa was planned for 2020. He passed away with COVID. So she took over his spot. Just touching stories. Another story on the Iron Man video about a man who was, was homeless and, and how he got his life back and how he got off the streets and how he started doing endurance sport and how it's meant so much to him. And it's, there's just so many stories that are so motivational, just the so just life, what's the word I'm looking for? Life giving. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapyolvomahalovebrown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapyolvomahalovebrown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. Oh, you are life. Oh, you are love. Thank you, and please tune in again.